Um, if you're visiting here for the very first time, you came on Christmas, um, let me explain to you what exactly you just experienced, right? Um, we're doing a series this December called The Unexpected Christmas Playlist. Now, what we've been doing is we've been taking um, these these songs that we all know, we hear them on like, you know, Christmas radio stations, you play them in your house, and we've been using popular songs and kind of pointing them to the God. How do they point us to the gospel, right? So we, like White Christmas, we talked about disappointment. Um, if you weren't here for the week that we talked about Grandma getting run over by a reindeer, that was fantastic. Love that one. We talked about how tragedy happens. Like, this is a great time of year for a lot of people, but for other people, as great a time of year as it is, there's a lot of loss and hurt and heartache that comes along with it. We all will get together with our families, but a lot of families here this morning, when you get together with your families, you'll recognize there's a couple empty chairs, right? And so that we recognize that bad things happen in this life. Um, last week, we talked about how um, we did the song, Baby, It's Cold Outside. Ironically, today, it's going to be like 65 or something. It's crazy. But um, Baby, It's Cold Outside. We talked about the coldness of the world and that we have to be careful not to let our hearts get cooled down, but we want to warm ourselves up. Now, this morning, we're doing rocking around the Christmas tree. Now, um, full disclosure, there are two times a year that you know what I'm going to preach about. I can't surprise you, right? Easter and Christmas. So, I, I, you know, what happens is for pastors, pastors can get a little ADHD, right? So we try to come up with some creative, super cool way to express to you the truth about Jesus and his birth and his death. But if, we, if we're not careful, we can get a little too cute and the message can get lost. Now, I don't know how many of you have seen The Last Jedi. Can I just see a show of hands? How many of you have seen The Last Jedi? So I'm not going to give away any no spoiler alerts, okay? But if you just check social media, you'll find that the world is pretty evenly divided, right? Like, we loved it, we hated it, um, because, like, was it true to the story, right? Last night, our family watched Dunkirk. Who's seen the movie Dunkirk? Okay. Oh, so, like, I'll just talk to y'all. Because apparently nobody else has seen it or they're just too busy fanning to wait, raise their hands, right? Um, so we watched Dunkirk. And when it was all said and done, again, I don't want to spoil it, but when it was all said and done, this was our family's collective response to the movie Dunkirk. We went, what? That was kind of our collective response. And then I said, or a couple of us made this point, we're like, you know what's so weird about it is it seems like a really good story. Like there seemed to be a really good story but, like, they almost got so cute the way they told it, I'm not quite sure what the story was. So what we don't want to do on Christmas is get so cute with it that we miss the entire story. This morning, I want to be super clear, hopefully super short. I want to make, I don't want to be cute at all. I want you to know, when we sing Rock Around the Christmas Tree, that Christians should be the most joyful, best partiers on the planet. Now, I know when I say party, some of you are like, yeah, not that, maybe not that kind of party, right? I mean, when I say party, we think of a lot of different things, but we should have more joy than anybody on the planet. A lot of people will rock around the Christmas tree at an office party, and then they won't do it again for a whole other year. We should be rejoicing all year long, okay? So I want you to take your Bibles. If you've got them, turn to Matthew chapter 2. If you don't have your Bibles, you got your, your whatever device Pull up your Bible app and find it there. We've got it up here on the screens as well, probably before you. Um, Matthew chapter 2 is where we're going to be this morning. I want us to look at the wise men and help us understand how joy can impact our lives. 
So Matthew chapter 2, we won't, we won't read it from the very beginning, but um, this is where the, the wise men, and everybody thinks there's three, but we don't know actually how many there were. The Bible doesn't say three. But there were these wise men, and they had traveled for quite some time, most people think probably two years at least, to get to where Jesus was. So on the way, they stopped to see a king, and the king had a problem with him telling him there was another king, and so he had concocted a whole other plan like, hey, go find this king, let me know where he is so I can come worship him too, but he wasn't going to worship him, he was just going to kill him, right? So these wise men, let's pick it up in verse, in verse 7. Then Herod called the Magi, that's what they were called, it's, just, it's a fancy word for wise, the, the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go, Search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Now, we know from verses up at the beginning of the chapter, he had no desire to worship Jesus at all. He was a king, and when he heard that there was another king, all he wanted to do was find Jesus so he could kill him, right? He wanted to make sure that he stayed in control. Verse 9, after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, verse 10, they were overjoyed. So let's talk about this. Um, a lot of joy. So there's, they had a whole lot of joy. I want to make sure you understand our, our key verse is verse 10. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Now, depending on what kind of translation you have, it could say something like they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Have you ever known somebody who used a whole lot of words when one word would have done? Are you married to that person, right? You're like, just say it one time and be done with it. Wendy used to always rag me. She's like, you talk to me like a pastor. Like you told me, I got it on the first point, but you told me three points, right? I got it the first time, just say it and I'm done, be done. Sometimes we use way too many words, but sometimes, and this is the case here, we use a lot of words because we're trying to drive home a point. Now, if you've got the new international version, then what your Bible says is that they were overjoyed. If you have like the ESV, maybe the King James, I don't read a lot of King James, then what it says is and they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. I start thinking, why use all of those words? And I think it's because Luke is trying, Matthew's trying to tell us something. He's trying to say, look, there was, there was not just some joy, there was a ton of joy, and we cannot really relate to that. We don't see a lot of people rejoicing exceedingly with great joy. So I had to, to, to search Google to find some kind of an example, something we could relate to, we could watch on this screen, that you would see it and go, oh, that's what it looks like. So let's see what it looks like. Miracle moment on the iconic game show, The Price is Right. Not once, but twice. And it's always nice when the contestant remembers their entire family in the middle of it all. Here's ABC's John Donvan. Come on down. There are ways to be happy on game shows. On Wheel of Fortune. On who wants to be a millionaire. And then on The Price is Right, there was Elliot DiDonato's Way This Week, which a lot of people are pinging around to each other today. Because, well, he spins the wheel and then he turns away. Daughter Daniela, I love you, baby doll. I love my life, Marissa, and my two sisters, Kathy and Matt. And only now does he turn back and see that's it, one dollar, which means a thousand bucks. Elliot is the kind of game show contestant casting directors dream of. 
I've been watching this show 43 years and it happened. Yeah. It was a dream. But now there's part two. Elliot spins again and turns away again. It's like bowling. It's awesome. And then as he watches, well, double whammy. Though he did not hit the floor this time. So doing kung fu, chops. This is pure instinct. That was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was just pure adrenaline. Congratulations, buddy. Yeah. Oh, and one more thing. He also won a car and a cruise and that fleeting internet fame that may be gone by tomorrow. And all it took was being happy and being able to show it. John Donvan, ABC News, Washington. Oh, my goodness. So I'm not sure that the wise men celebrated quite like that, right? I'm not sure if they were like, the star. I don't know what was going on. But listen, the Bible says that with exceedingly great joy. We've got to understand that they had joy. Now, why? Why would they have joy? Oh, okay, parents, raise your hand. If you're parents, if you've ever been on a road trip with your family, you know why they celebrated. Because they got where they were going. Right? You've been in the car with your family and your kids are in the back like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And you're like, I'm going to send you somewhere. It's not going to be where we were going on vacation, but you'll be with Jesus when you get there, right? I mean, like, I've, I'm done. Like, I'm done. Like, I, there's a limit and then we're past it. You understand why the wise men rejoiced. They finally got where they were going. Listen, this is two years, two years of traveling in deserts. Just following a star. You think you've done some crazy things in your life? Uh, I'm going to start a business. Why? Uh, I just think I saw it on Pinterest. I can think I can pull it off. It would be great. You try to explain crazy moves to people in your life, and they're, it kind of makes a little bit of sense. These jokers, where are you going? <sighs> but, uh, we don't know. Why are you going? Something happened. How will you know when you get there? Don't know. There's just a star. And they followed the star for two years. And the Bible says, I don't know if you realize this, it doesn't say that when they saw Jesus they rejoiced. It says when the star stopped. <laughs> like, finally, it's over. We're here. Where? We don't, we don't know, but the star stopped. Woo! This is fantastic. They rejoiced with exceedingly great joy, more than anybody on any game show. They were filled with joy. And I want to say this. While I know that they rejoiced because their search was over, we know the rest of the story. Philippians chapter 2, check this out, describes who they found. Paul says, who, being Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. But rather he, Jesus, made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Listen, that tells us why Jesus came. He came, we've talked about this in, in weeks past, he came on a mission for you, for me. I, I think of it like this because it kind of rhymes. It makes it easier for me to remember. He left his throne to bring us home. 
He came down here. And what I love about the wise men is, have you ever heard the expression, insanity is trying to, is doing the same thing and expecting different results? What I love about the wise men is they spent two years not looking on earth for an answer, but looking up and following the star for the answer. Listen, the stuff of heaven is found in the stuff of earth. That's what the miracle of Christmas is all about. That's what it means that he is with us. Not that he's just somewhere far away that we have to try to find, but he's with us. They knew that. They followed him. They knew that they were looking for a king. We know now why he came. Listen, that winner on Price is Right that we just watched and laughed at, and if I could pull it off, I would do it for you right now, but I'm not going to. He rejoiced over a moment that would fade, but these wise men rejoiced over a movement that would change the world. They were filled with joy. And when we really understand the power of Emmanuel, God is with us. It changes everything. So here's what I want you to get today. A lot of joy leads to a lot of change. All right, we do this thing called a big idea. That's your big idea, right? I want you to remember that as you walk out today, as you think about these wise men, as you think about watching that man on prices, right, a lot of joy leads to something. And what does it lead to? It leads to a lot of change. So let's look at the kind of change that these wise men experienced. Because they rejoiced with exceeding great joy, what happened in their lives? Three things changed. Here they are. One, joy changes how we worship. Matthew 2.11. Now, we're just going to be Matthew 2 the whole time. It says this, after they, re- after they rejoiced because the star stopped, it says, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Some translations say that they fell down and worshiped. Now, full disclosure, I'm a pastor, <laughs> in case you didn't know, right? You know what I want more than anything else? I want to see grown men fall down in worship. No, 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 no. Let's rephrase. I want to see grown men who are kings, who are men of prominent position, fall down in worship. That's what they did to a baby. Joy changes the way that we worship. You want to know why we don't worship? We don't have any joy. Man, when you have joy, guess what happens? It changes the way you worship. Grown men, royal men, men who, wherever they were two years earlier that they left, they had people where they left that bowed down to them. These are the kind of men that could go do what I say and be like scurrying to get it done. And they found a baby, recognized him as a king greater than who they were, and they were so full of joy that they fell down in worship. Let me ask you this question. How do we respond to gifts? I didn't do this, but it would have been awesome. If I told all of you right now that under one of your chairs was the winning lottery ticket, what would the room look like? Y'all be hitting each other. I mean, I know it. I mean, you do it in love, right? Like, I love you. Bam. Just, I got each other the way. I got to flip that chair over. You would hurt each other just by flipping chairs. 
And eventually one of you would find the, not like a winning prize ticket, like I'm, hey, you won a dinner out, but like the winning lottery ticket worth like hundreds of millions of dollars. And if one of you found it, how would we know? Anybody have any idea? Crowd participation. How would we know if you found it? Yeah, something like that. And that was even fake because you didn't really find it, right? We would know who found it because they would go crazy. That's how these men were. Listen to this statement. The joy they had about Jesus was greater than the pride they had about themselves. Let me ask you that question. Do you have more joy about Jesus than you have pride about yourself? Man, when, it, when grown men are falling on their face, you know something's happening. Can I just say this to you? When grown men are changed by the joy of Jesus, our city will know that something's happening. You're not supposed to make men feel bad on Christmas. It's the only time they come to church. I know i got to get it in while I can. All the women laughed. It's fantastic. Here's the second way that changes us. I love this. Joy changes how we worship, and then joy changes how we give. So they fell down and worshiped him, and then it says, then they opened their treasures, and they presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and like we all know the three gifts that, he, that they were given. But what really grabbed my attention was they opened their treasures to him. Now, I know he's a baby, right? So they're like, open their treasures. He's not going to reach in and grab stuff. But it just got me thinking. It got me thinking, what would it look like if we were so full of joy about Jesus that we opened our treasures to him? I mean, they came with gifts to give him. They'd carried him for two years. But then the Bible says that they opened their treasures to him. It just made me wonder, like, did they have the gifts that they had planned on doing? But then they decided, wow, I'm so overwhelmed by Jesus that I'm going to open up my treasure as well. The Bible says that where our hearts are, that's where our treasures will be. Honestly, you don't have to say you would do it. I'm just getting you to think. How many of us would be willing right now to open our accounts? I mean, like, literally, give somebody your, your account number, with your login information, and just say, I'm opening my treasure to you. Well, only if we're idiots, right? <laughs> Especially like right now, because they'd be like, ooh, I need some money for more Christmas presents. But what about just with Jesus? Are we, even, are we willing to let the joy of a Savior, the joy of Emmanuel, God with us, to so overwhelm us that we would open our treasures to him? And when we receive Jesus with joy, our giving isn't just what we've planned. Sometimes it's even seen in how we handle what we don't give. I'm just giving it all. I'll open my life. I'll, I want to live a life of open treasure for Jesus. I want to be able to say to him, man, anytime, just dip into my life and take what you need. Take what you can use. It changes how we worship. It changes how we give. And here's the third way that joy changes us. It changes how we live. Um, we should know this by now, but how many of you uh, are control, I don't want to say freaks, but we'll say freaks, control freaks. Like you just, you're, you're the checklist person. You're the one that's, you're, you've been going crazy right now during this holiday season. You're the one that got all your Christmas shopping done in September, and you can't even enjoy the holiday because people in your house still have not wrapped their presents. You're like, are you kidding? We had the tree up weeks ago. Get them under the tree. Listen. When we're full of the joy of, and there's, 
there's nothing wrong with that, right? It's all the way that you're made. I had to make sure I say that, right? It's all the way you're made and the way you're wired. There's nothing wrong with it, even though it drives people like me crazy. But there's nothing wrong with it. What I want you to see is this. The joy that we have from, from Jesus overrides even that, okay? Check out what happened to these wise men. Verse 12. So they, they've shown up. They've seen the star. They've rejoiced. They've done the whole Price is Right thing, jumping on the, on the ground, on their bellies, the whole deal. They're excited. They go in. They, they fall on their face and worship. They're so overwhelmed with joy. They're so overwhelmed with joy that not only do they give him gifts, but they open their treasure as well. My goodness, that's a word right there. And then, verse 12, having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they return to their country by another route. I will say this. I grew up in an era when we did not have GPS. We had dad, right? And whatever dad said, however he said we were going to go, that was the way we were going to go. I still remember before our family trips, family vacations. Do you remember these things called atlases? Do you remember those? We'd open up, I want to say like Rand McNally. Is that the name of an atlas? Wow, I'm really pulling some stuff out today. Like, we would, we would pull those out, and before they had, like, the big books, they had the maps that you, you could only open them once and never fold them back, right? They never went back the way they are supposed to. But we would, we would get those open on the table, the kitchen table, and my dad and my mom's dad, they would get out, like, their little highlighter thing, and they would highlight what looked to be the best route. And I still remember very vividly, there was one trip that my dad highlighted the route, and then my mom came in, and she just, like, First of all, I'm, I'm, I know I'm kind of going around and around and around, but do you have people in your life that if you're stumped on something, like you're a word puzzle person, and you've been looking at it and looking at it, and you can't find it, and they just walk in and go, oh, it's this, and you just want to punch them, right? Like, I've been, I've been staring at this forever, and you just saw it one time, and you said the word, are you kidding me? Thank you so much. And you, you fill it in. My mom just kind of walked past it, and she just looked at the map and went, oh, another way, another way is faster. Did we change it? Oh, No. No, no, no. I don't care what the map said or what you think it said. That way is not faster, right? Because I've already highlighted this, and we're going this way, right? There was no recalculating at all back in those days. It was like you can find another family to vacation with because I'm going this way. I love this about the wise men. They went back another route. Again, listen, we're talking about men who were basically kings themselves, they called the shots. They decided where they were going to go and when they were going to go there and hopefully how long it would take. They're the ones in control. But they were so filled with joy at what they had found in Jesus that they were even open to change. It changed the way they lived. They went back another way. Look, we don't know what another way looked like for them. But we do know that not many of us like it when our plans are changed. And I want to ask you this morning, Christmas Eve, 2017, is it possible to be so full of joy over Jesus that it would change your plans? I love Matthew 13, 44. We've talked about this a couple times here at the church, but Jesus is telling a parable, and he says this, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it again. And listen to this part. And then in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. That's the key, isn't it? In his joy, he went out and sold everything he had. He was so full of joy that it changed the way he lived. 
It rerouted his plans because all he wanted, all he wanted was Jesus. That's what we learn from the wise men. Joy changes the way that we worship. It changes the way that we give. It changes the way that we live because joy doesn't come from us. It's offered to us by a God who came to be with us. Watch this. Christmas. It means many different things to many different people. But if you condense the many meanings of Christmas down to just one simple truth, you'll always end up with four words. Over and over and over again. Four words. God is with us. The holy God of Israel, wrapped warmly in humanity, is crying real tears in a real city with real parents who are trying their best to take it all in. God is with us. He's on our planet, on our countryside, in our manger. Emmanuel, the very name the angel speaks, is now given to Jesus because God is with us. Fast forward 2,000 years. The four words that changed history can now change us. Those four words are the only words that can bring meaning to the deepest places of our hearts. For the woman whose husband walked out on her and who continually struggles to pick up the pieces. For the elderly couple who can no longer care independently for themselves and who must now rely on the care of others. as all of his friends get married off and who painfully wonders if there's any woman out there who will ever take an interest in him. For the person who is seeking truth and looking hard at Jesus as a possibility. You are not alone. You never have been and you never will be. Because God in Christ wrapped himself in human flesh, stepped out of eternity and into time, and chose a cave in Bethlehem to communicate one simple, abiding truth. God is with us. And those four words have the power and the beauty to change every waking moment. You just close your eyes. We just reflect while I mention this one last point. What I love about the wise men is that joy does lead to change every single time, every single time. But here's the thing. Jesus was born into a world full of religious leaders that were trying to get people to change. And, and honestly, you know, we, we kind of half halfway joke about, you know, Christmas, Easter, people come in and, and I get one shot, whatever. But here's the deal. The reason that people don't like church it's because church tries to make people change. And the beauty of Jesus, what these wise men figured out was, it was the fact that he came. That's what made them want to change. Listen, my prayer for us is that we would grab the joy of God with us. That it would not be, well, I better change so so-and-so feels better. No, it's just that he's with me, and that changes everything. His presence is the present. And when we see that, that joy is what fills us. And I've been praying, man, God, that we would rejoice with exceedingly great joy.
at what the Bible calls an indescribable gift. Tomorrow morning, kids are going to open up presents, and you're going to be like, do you like it? And they're going to love it. And then your family's going to call, and they're going to ask them what they got for Christmas. They're going to be like, oh, it's great. Can't even describe it. That's Jesus. An indescribable gift. And if you're here this morning and you don't know that kind of joy, man, this is the best Christmas ever for you. Because you can know a Jesus who does not fill us with, you better do it the right way, but fills us with the joy of relationship. He wants to be with you. He wants to save you. And today, you can have that if you're here this morning, you've never chosen to follow Jesus, and this is when you want to do it, I just want you to raise your hand and say, that's me. I would love to follow Jesus today. Anybody here this morning, just raise your hand and say, that's me. Let's talk to the believers. We've been talking about joy, right? We've been talking about how joy, thank you so much, joy changes the way that we worship. It changes the way that we give. It changes the way that we live. And as I've been talking about that, you've been asking yourself those questions. Am I living that way? Do I give that way? Do I worship that way? Would I, would I fall down at Jesus' feet in worship? Would I open my treasures? Would I be willing to change the plans of my life because of the joy of Jesus Christ? And if you're here as a believer, and just that very word, man, just inspires you, I want to see the joy of Jesus so that it changes my life like that. Would you just raise your hand? Say, that's me. I would love to pray this morning for you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All over the room. All over. So we're going to pray this morning, and we're going to send you out of here. Listen, joy to the world. The Lord has come. That's what that song's all about. Father, I pray right now in this room, just as we've responded, as we've lifted our hands, as we have opened ourselves to you and said, Lord, fill me with that kind of joy. We don't want to get cute with this message because the bottom line is you came to save us. This is why you came. And not just to check that off your list, you came to fill us with the fullness of who you were. And that brings joy. Joy is something that Jesus offers you. And today, God, I thank you for these hands that have said, I received that. Thank you for that gift. And I pray that their lives would be marked, God, by a difference in how they worship and give and live, not out of duty, but simply like the man who found that treasure in his joy, in his joy. He could not sell it fast enough because he found what he truly wanted. And in you, Jesus, we have all we truly need. And for that, God, we say thank you. For that we say, Emmanuel, God with us, what else could we need? In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.